Hello and welcome to the ETOF 21 Sports Podcast for November 14th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. You can find my work at ETOF21 on Twitter, at ETOF21Sports underscore on Instagram, and at ETOF21Sports on TikTok. Wow, what a fucking week. As some of you know, I live in Chicago, actually the, the suburbs, but if I say my town, no one has heard of it. So I just always say Chicago like most people do, but I live in the northern suburbs of Chicago, and we are a flipping hotspot, scary as shit. I mean, I have asthma, I want to go home to Michigan to see my parents, my parents are getting up there in age, and you know, like everything, in the back of your head, you're always like, this may be my last Thanksgiving with both my parents, because they are older, and I, the last thing I want to do is have this disease and take it back to them, and you know, people are getting it in all these crazy places and just, you know, they're wearing their masks or doing everything. So it's just, it's just scary shit, crazy uncertain times. I mean, hell, right now we have 16 games, 16 games that have been canceled for tomorrow in terms of college football. So regardless of politically, which candidate you supported and believe me, whoever you supported, that's up to you. I'm not going to hear and I'm not going to push what I think or who I supported on you, but whoever you supported, you guys have to believe that whatever is being done needs to change and we need to get something in order where we can compact this disease and we just aren't losing human life. So yeah, it's crazy stuff here. I have no idea what I'm doing for Thanksgiving, so maybe I'll just be here at my place eating leftover pizza from the night before and drinking some high life. Who knows? Who knows? If you're in Chicagoland area... And you want extra guests for Thanksgiving, hit me up. You know, I'll roll there. I'll bring the beer. Or maybe I'll just kick it to one of my friends' place. Who knows? But, you know, with the crazy uncertain times, let's just make sure everyone is just please being safe. Now, nice little show today. We're going to hype on through it. We have the Thursday night game recap. I answer your start and sit questions. I got a lot of questions about my DFS strategy. When you're part of my crew, my guys... What I do is every Sunday morning, I send out my personal strategy for the DFS build. And when I do DFS, I have been in this game for a while, guys. I'm an old fuck. I am old as shit. And I have noticed that for me, I don't want to enter the lotto ticket and go up against guys that are playing their personal 20 lineups. And then they have for their boys and they pool lineups together. That is just you're you're trying to hit a lotto ticket. I have come close in the millionaire maker. I finished third, fifth, and eighth. That's the best I've done in the millionaire maker. And I had one lineup in it. So I decided instead of trying to do that, instead of trying to hit the scratch off lotto ticket, what I do is I just do the 50-50 games. Single entry 50-50, my best lineup against your best lineup. And I'm going to kind of take you guys through the build, through my ideas, and how through the week I just kind of build up and make my lineups. I'm not going to give you the whole key to the castle, but I'll kind of give you my thought process. Then I'm also going to talk about the Russell Westbrook trade and my thought about the teams that I'm hearing. So let's jump right into the Thursday night football recap. And there are a couple things that stuck out for me. The game was very competitive. The Colts you know, got stopped on fourth down a couple times. And then the Titans' defense actually was playing good. As you know, the Titans' DBs, I feel, are the weak point of that 
team defensively and can be beat. And what the Charger, the Colts were doing is they were throwing the ball more, and they were throwing the ball to set up the pass, but they'd get in these fourth and one, fourth and short situations, and they weren't able to convert, and they were able to get some stops. But special teams, that punter was a fucking nightmare. I mean, that that punter was like if you just take some ordinary Joe off the street and you're who says, oh, I can play in the NFL, and he's out there punting, just acting like a fucking fool. But I've been critical of Frank Wright and his play calling and everything forever, especially since he's got to the Colts. But, you know, I will give him credit. He attacked the area of the field where the Titans struggle the most by letting Phillip Rivers air it out for 39 throws for 308 yards. That's where you have to attack this Titans team. You have to attack them through the air. Rushing-wise, you know, they only ran the ball 29 times. And let's get to this whole rushing thing. Jonathan Taylor's dead. I mean, it's DOA. If you guys drafted him, I'm sorry. I avoided him just because his draft position got too high, but he's dead. There's a couple things that are happening. Number one, the Colts' offensive line isn't getting the initial first push that I thought they would. That's number one. Number two, Taylor's a big strong, fast guy. He is not running big and strong. I don't know if it's just, he's just not seeing the hole. Because when we, when you move up in the ranks, there's college open and NFL open. And is he just seeing college open and not processing the NFL open? Or is he just another one of those guys that looks good in shorts and a tank top running? Because you have to remember in Wisconsin, Wisconsin's offensive line is so good, he was getting a five-year push every single time. Now he's in a situation where the offensive line isn't producing as good as it should be, but it's still a top-tier offensive line in terms of the NFL, and he's not putting in any, any production. And then there was situations he can't even push through and get a yard. The way I process this stuff, if he, you look at David Montgomery. My issue with David Montgomery is the Bears' offensive line isn't that good, and Nagy's not putting him in the situation to succeed. That's completely the opposite with Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is behind, we'll say, a top seven offensive line, and Frank Wright is giving him touches. He's just not producing with the limited touches he has. And Naheem Hines is a quick, small guy who can catch the ball, and the fact he closed that game and not Taylor in a situation where Tyler's supposed to be their big, strong, physical guy tells me all I need to know about Jonathan Taylor this year. And luckily, I was contemplating trying to trade for him before the game, but after I saw that game, there's no way I'm going to be, I'm going to be trading for Jonathan Taylor. Then we look at the Titans. Guys, I try to tell you, the Titans are the most overrated team in the league. And their, their slipper is busting. I was on the under of nine wins. Uh, they're six and three right now. I mean, let's look at these six wins. First win, last second field goal against the Broncos. They should have lost that game. They should have lost to the Jaguars. They should have lost to the Vikings. That's 0-3. They, they beat the Bills, 1-3. If Romeo Cordell had a clue, the Titans, 1-4. Steelers, 1-5. They lost to the Bengals, 1-6. They beat the Bears, 
two and six. I mean, they could re- realistically be two and seven right now. And everyone's like, oh, they can still come back and win it. Guys, I hate to break it to you. This team right now is more closer to the Houston Texans than they are to the Indianapolis Colts. Why? Well, A, their offensive line took a huge step back. They lost Jake Conklin, who went to the Browns, which is huge. Roger Scraffold got hurt last game, so already a weakness is stepping back. And then Taylor Lewan got hurt. With Lewan going down, what everyone doesn't realize is Jonu Smith isn't running as many routes. Jonu Smith is staying in now to chip block and help the tight help the, the tackle block just because their offensive line is so bad. And then defensively, anyone that follows me knows I've been attacking the Titans DBs just because they are so slow. I mean, I used to be a high-level athlete. I used to be a pretty good college athlete. And, you know, pros short, cut short a little bit, but that's another story. And I think my fat ass could get open against these DBs. So we need to be able to sit back and kind of assess the situations. I'm seeing these power ratings on online, and people have the Titans as number five. Like, what are you guys watching? Are you guys watching the games, or are you just looking at the records? That's a thing why I can always tell when these people watch the games versus look at the team's record. Now, let's shift my gears. Like I said, you know, quick little episode. We're going to bump through this. My DFS build. Oh, my God, I get a lot of questions about that. So this is my DFS build. I There's this app called Fiverr. And this app is huge for me. I used to manually enter this, but when I was able to hire somebody through Fiverr, this was great. So basically what they do is I have this app where it it exports, is that export, import, whatever, everybody into a spreadsheet. And I have everyone's price. So I have all the wide receivers, boom, all the quarterbacks, boom. Quarterbacks, wide receivers, running back, tight ends, defenses. And then through the week, through matchups, and the matchups I look at, I look at O-line versus D-line matchups, cornerback versus outside cornerback versus outside receiver, slot corner versus slot wide receiver. And through that, I just start chipping away. I just start chipping away at who... I don't want. So if you if I don't want you, I just erase you from the list. And I go through that list every week just with more information, the injuries, the weather. Weather's not really until Saturday night, Sunday morning. And I just dwindle that list down. And if you look at DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, there's not going to be a situation where I'm going to have DK and Tyler in my player player pool. I'm going to either take a stand with one or the other. And I will look at the mat, the, the matchups and whatnot. And then through that, I will pick one of those guys who I want, DK or Tyler. And also another thing I have is I have this thing where I see per game how much defenses are giving up to a certain position. So then I will use that. Colts last night or Thursday night are bad, are good against the tight end. So I had people asking me, I tell people not to put John U. Smith. 
John New Smith got a touchdown. I start catching shit. But if you look at it, John New Smith had a one-yard touchdown run. Also, the other factors with him staying in more factored into me telling him where to not, not to play him. But that was just an example, guys. And then lastly, along with those stats per for the year, I look for the last four games. Is there a four-game trend where a defense is struggling against a certain position? Is there a four-game trend in terms of a player's targets going up? Touches increase, touches decrease. So I use all that, and I get my player pool. And then today, I'm going to look at stuff, and I'm going to pick my four main guys. My four main guys. And when I look at it, it's generally one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, and one tight end. And then I just pick those four guys that I think have the biggest potential to produce points, and they're going to be in my lineups, in all my cash game lineups. And then through the remainder player pool, then I'll start pumping guys in and make my roster. And then I will play all the 50-50s. Now, it's important to note that when I'm going to use DraftKings and FanDuel, because I'm assuming those are the main two sites that everyone plays on, when you to understand the scoring. If you look at DraftKings, they have extra bonuses for... 300 yards, PPR, point per perception, 100-yard rushing, 100-yard receiving. So you get extra points for that. So that's important to understand. And also with their salary, it kind of makes it impossible for you to pay off for defense. So you have to know that low-budget defense that you're going to be able to pay for and build a team. FanDuel, FanDuel opens it up. FanDuel's salary is a lot more user-friendly where you can fit more of the quote-unquote top-tier guys into a lineup. And you can build a team. So I use all that factor, all those factors. The only injury report I give a rat's ass about is the Friday injury report. If someone doesn't go Friday, Friday is kind of like the new Wednesday. So if I look and I see like if someone went on Friday, didn't go on, didn't go on Friday or played on Friday, then I'm going to put them in my lineup. And then lastly, you guys cannot chase the week prior. I... Love Jerry Judy last week. And I can tell you guys right now in players, I'm not playing Jerry Judy's on the list. I am not chasing the week before. So that's kind of like how I build it. It's kind of like the out the outline of how I build my lineups and my construction that goes into it. It's a lot of data driven. I um like I said, I have all these spreadsheets that shadow stats that are put out from I paid people to make and that's how I am able to get the data beforehand a couple of years ago I was hand put hand inputting that data through my computer and that just got way too much work all right so now let's shift over let's go to the start cinema questions guys I love these keep them coming I'm always here to help and hopefully this will help you get over the hump Antonio Gibson versus Duke Johnson. Interesting one here. This is a PPR, so that changes a little bit of stuff. The thing is, is with how I look at this question is Antonio Gibson, he shares touches with J.D. McKennison. Yes, I know they do run a lot of two-back sets, but also the Lions are very bad against the rush. In terms of Duke Johnson, he's basically it. And as this is a revenge game because he did get ran out of... Cleveland, 
I'm not going to lie. I'm being straight up, as I always am. Duke Johnson is probably going to be one of the guys in my four that I build around just because he is such a low-budget option in Daily Fantasy. In terms of projections, I have Antonio Gibson projected at 9 points and Duke Johnson projected at 14. So to answer your question, I will definitely be rolling out Duke Johnson if I were you. Next one, Drew Locke versus Baker Mayfield. Both of these guys have good matchups. The way I look at stuff is the Browns obviously don't trust Baker Mayfield to throw the ball, and they are going to use the run a lot more, especially with Nick Chubb coming back. So for that, I would just go with Drew Locke. I have Locke at 19 points, Mayfield at 16. So if that's your streaming option for the week, I definitely look at Drew Locke. Next one, DeAndre Swift versus Zach Moss. Another interesting one as Swift's touches have increased over the past couple weeks. Moss's touches have cut into Singletary's touches. Both of them compete against Peterson and Johnson for Swift. Moss competes for carries with Josh Allen because he runs the ball so goddamn much. And Devin Singletary. Um... Gun to my head, I would go DeAndre Swift just because I think it will be a bigger factor in the passing game. If this is a PPR format, that person did not include that in that in the question. Moss is getting more, does lead the Bills in red zone carries, but the thing is, is they always just seem to be running quarterback power with Josh Allen. So, yeah, that's a tough one. I would go DeAndre Swift. Next one, he just said Chargers backfield. Let me tell you guys, this is a mess. I told you guys to look into Balage. Balage was demoted to the practice squad, then came back up. Justin Jackson is out. You got Pope. You got Kelly. I would avoid this backfield at all costs just because there's so many question marks, and it's really odd the way they've been rotating in and out. I know Balage had a good game next last week. Pope is banged up. I mean, gun to my head, if Pope plays, I'm going to go with Pope. Next one, Jamal Williams, Damian Harris. Obviously, this de- this determines if Harris is going to play with this with it being the late Sunday game, the eight twenty game. It kind of depends if you need to an answer right away. Damian Harris has is the lead back for the Patriots, but the the way the Patriots do stuff, he's not getting all the carries and all the love. So I would be very leery of learning him, learn, using him. My Friday practice reports, I just looked. He was limited in practice. But with Jamal Williams, I mean, Aaron Jones is coming back. I know the Jaguars are god-awful against the run. I basically have these guys projected at the two, but gun to my head, I would go Jamal Williams just because the uncertainty of Damian Harris and how many touches he's actually going to get and if he's going to be 100% healthy. And he is playing against the Ravens, one of the better defenses. Next one, 49ers defense, 49ers backfield. Like I said, guys, in last week's pod, I said I want nothing to do with this backfield. I want nothing to fucking do with this backfield until Mozart is 100% healthy. Once Mozart is healthy, hey, I'm back. I'm invested. You know, Mozart, let's rock and roll. But J.D. Mc was it JD McKinnon had sore legs hasty is their most explosive playmaker he's not getting enough any carries when you're playing the Packers who are god awful against the run yeah so I wouldn't want anything to do gun to my head I go Jared McKinnon but if you have better options I I would just do him just because Kyle Shanahan with his 
distribution of touches in the backfield just cannot be trusted. Next one, Wayne, Wayne Gelman, J.D. McKesson. Jesus. God, these ones are tough as fuck. I'm going to trust my spreadsheets, my math, and I'm just going to go with J.D. McKesson. Lions are bad against the run. I am projected at 13 points, plus he is getting a lot of receptions out of the backfield. So I go with J.D. McKesson. I got him at 13. I got Wayne Gelman at 9. Next one, DJ Moore against Antonio Brown. This one is another tough one as they go head-to-head. And this is why you kind of have to look at the latest production. DJ Moore, the last four games, two for 18, two for 55, four for 93, five for 93. So he's not really getting that many looks the last couple of games. And the Panthers will be down. He's throwing, but he's just not getting the receptions as everyone else's if you look at the log of the team he is behind Anderson Mike Davis Curtis Samuel he is fourth in receptions and he was supposed to be everyone's little fantasy darling so I really I'll be honest I don't trust DJ Moore and I also don't trust Antonio Brown as crazy as that sounds I don't trust either one of these guys I have both these guys projected at 14 Brady was forcing the ball to a b a lot more And I really think since Arians was complaining about it, Chris Godwin was complaining about it, and Mike Evans was complaining about it, hmm, just kind of like I said, they would, and that they shouldn't have signed AB, but that's another thing. I would go to DJ Moore just because I really feel Brady's going to make a conscientious effort to spread the ball around a lot more this game coming up for the Buccaneers. Next one, Travis Fulgham, Hollywood Brown, Marquise Hollywood Brown. I mean, here, I would just go with Hollywood. Just for the simple reason that Dallas Galver is healthy, Miles Sanders is healthy, I really think the Eagles are going to pound the rock with those two. Sanders through the backfield, target Dallas a little bit more. Hollywood Brown, I really feel like the Patriots are going to look to take away the rushing game and play eight in the box and force Lamar to beat him with the pass. So just because of those two things, that's why I would go with. I got Hollywood projected at 15 Travis projected at 12. That's my projections for the week. Like I said, guys, that I'm just going with what I'm seeing and what the numbers are saying. Obviously, these two are another coin flip. Another one, Dolphins versus the Broncos in terms of defense. Here, I'm going to go with the Broncos. And this is kind of my thought process. In the Broncos and Vegas game, you get two teams that play in the same division and Vangio, for as shitty as he's doing as a offensive, as, excuse me, as a head coach, this guy is showing that his defense does play in the NFL, and he is a great defensive coordinator. So he's going to see the Gruden offense for, are you guys ready for this, for another time. This is the third time he's seen the Gruden offense. This is the first time time they've played this this year, so he saw it twice last year, so third time overall. So he knows Gruden the tendencies, what this team is going to try to do. And in terms of the Dolphins game, I think this game is a sneaky DFS play for Chargers players just because Herbert's going to want to prove that, hey, I should have been the guy that you should have traded up for. You guys should have taken me. I'm the better player than Tua. And Tua's going to be thinking the same thing. But as you guys know, I'm not a Tua believer. 
And everyone's like, oh, what about the Cardinals? Guys, we have to understand something. The Cardinals were taking TBs off the fucking street to play against Tua. And if you watch the game, he's rolling out of the pocket. Very wild, very erratic with his throws. I use my eyes. I watch every game. I know. it's. Uh, I know. I have no life. This is my life. This is how I make my money, betting and playing in fantasy sports. So I have to know what's going on. And my eyes don't trust Tua. And Gus Bradley is an experienced D defensive coach, so I really think he's going to be able to check Tua, but that's another thing. No one asked me about Tua, but I really think the Chargers are going to put up a lot of points. Interdivisional game, I'll definitely take the interdivisional game, especially when the coaches are familiar with with the other team. So that's it for the DFS, no, excuse me, for the fantasy football questions. Again, I love this segment. Guys, keep them coming. I will always answer any question I get. Love to get a little bit more, so keep them coming. I will help out as much as I can. Now, the last thing I want to touch on is one of the big things flying around the NBA is how everyone on the Rockets wants to be traded. And the one guy we're going to focus on today is we're going to focus on Russ Westbrook. So let's look at Russell Westbrook. Now, these are the main teams I've been hearing in terms of trading. Number one, you have the Clippers. Obviously, why would this work? You would have Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Russell Westbrook. George and... And Westbrook, they already tried it in OKC. It didn't work. Clippers would have to trade a lot away away of their young assets to make it work. And does Westbrook really have the mindset, hey, I'm a, I'm going to be the third guy on this team? Probably not. Clippers need a distributor. They need someone that can distribute the ball, a point guard to set up everything. And yes, I know Westbrook is a point guard, but he's not a pass-first point guard. He definitely is a shoot-first point guard. Because of that, I think this is a bad mix. I don't think it's the Clippers at all leaking this information. I think it is a agent leaking information. Yes, guys, that's how it works. An agent will leak information to try to drum up interest for their player. It's part of their job. The next one is the Detroit Pistons. As some of you guys know, I originally am from Michigan. I'm a Michigan guy to my fullest. Love, Love it there. Hope to eventually move back there later in life. And this would be an awful move for the Pistons. The Pistons trading for him would lock them into that point where they're just constantly going to be the eighth to sixth team. And they probably would they have to trade Blake Griffin? I mean, they they got the Tony Snell contract, but they'd have to lose one of their draft picks. I'm not really high on this year's draft. I really think this year's draft is going to kind of be a bust in terms of talent. There's a couple guys I like. Next year's draft is going to be a lot loaded from everything that I've read and from the scouting I've done on players. Granted, it is limited. But I wouldn't want to trade any draft picks to acquire Russell Westbrook. So what, you're running out Russell Westbrook, Christian Wood, Blake Griffin, Luke Kennard, and the guy from France whose name I can't pronounce? That's the 7th or 8th seed, and they'd be locked into that spinning world of the 7th and 8th seed. They'd be the, the New Orlando Magic. They would Pistons would morph into the New Orlando Magic, making the playoffs, getting swept, or winning a game. And as a Piston fan, the franchise deserves better. I think they need to go into to a total rebuild. Try to, of course, unload great Blake Griffin. Obviously, re-sign Christian Wood. Trade that Derrick Rose contract, because it is an expiring contract, and just start grabbing as many assets as you can and hopefully you hit on one of these young draft book picks and then a mid-tier 
to low high a high low if that makes sense free agent throw a little bit more money on him and see if he can get there example like if they get Brandon Ingram a player like that which I know obviously he's going to resign in New Orleans but that's kind of what I mean not the top tier guy but a, a guy that's the tier below that that has the potential to be a top tier guy that's the free agent they need to go after and just pay a little bit more for him uh the Charlotte Hornets yeah this makes sense Westbrook's on the Jordan brand, and the Hornets really aren't going anywhere. There's all these tiers of teams, and the Hornets are just that tier of team where they're just going to be competing for the 7th and 8th seed till they get that transcendent player. And is a transcendent player really going to want to go to Charlotte unless they draft him? Probably not. The only player in the NBA right now that may leave would be Curry, but there's no way that's going to happen. Curry wouldn't do that until it's the end of his career and Golden State doesn't want him anymore just because of his ties when his dad played for the Hornets. So this makes sense. Would this help get bodies in the arena once we're able to get into the arenas? Yeah. But long-term, the same position as the same position as the Pistons. This would just lock the Hornets into being that team that makes the 7th or 8th spot and gets swept every year. And the reality is, is that what you want? No. You want to try to build a team that can, can be contending for a title. And for the Hornets, I think this would be a silly move. Now, this is the team that makes sense. <laughs> the New York Knicks. The Knicks are desperate to make the playoffs. When was the last time they made the playoffs? He's a big enough star that he will get bodies into the garden once the garden's allowed to be open for fans. And it just makes sense. It gives Westbrook will be the man. He will get people in the arena. It will give Dolan into the playoffs, and Dolan's just all about making money. He could give a rat's ass if that team is competitive winning championships or not. Yes, I know it would make them the Hornets and Pistons argument the same of them just getting to the 7th or 8th seed and getting swept, but for Dolan, I really think that's what he just wants to accomplish with this team because right now he's a laughing stock of the league and nobody wants to go there. So in terms of Westbrook, I think the Knicks make the most amount of sense. So... But that's it for the ETOF21 Sports Podcast for November 14th. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Like, subscribe, leave a review. If you guys are interested in the betting stuff for memberships, shoot me a DM, and we will work something out. Got a huge little slate of games today that have been sent out from to members. We have some hefty dogs we're liking. Hopefully the dogs are barking today. We have... Horse racing, guys, remember, etof 21 sports underscore horse underscore racing. I'm posting everything for free for horse racing. And you guys can get, get plays there. I will be posting stuff throughout the day on the story, so make sure you turn on notifications for that. Tomorrow we got NFL. I'll be sending out my DFS breakout. Hopefully tonight. I'm going to try to get it done tonight. So stay safe, be well, and you know, do your best to social distance, guys. The, this corona stuff is pretty scary, and hopefully you guys can spend it with your spend the holiday of Thanksgiving and Christmas with your families. Be safe, stay well, and I will talk to you guys on Monday.